It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The boss of the Australian company in charge of manufacturing a vaccine is warning we may never get one. Let's go live to our team of reporters. First to Nathan Templeton at CSL headquarters in Melbourne. Nathan, a grim message. Well, Nat, when it's coming from a man who so desperately wants to make the vaccine, it is a sobering reminder of how difficult it is to develop an effective one. CSL would produce the vaccine that Australians take, whether that's the University of Queensland version or the Oxford University one. But just in recent days, uh, the Oxford trials had to be paused because one volunteer may have had uh, an adverse reaction. Now, it's hoped those trials could resume as early as next week. Uh, but the chairman of CSL, Brian Mack, says this is proof that Australian politicians shouldn't be basing their plans on the assumption that we will find the cure. He says we can't bank on a vaccine, the treatments are improving, but we have to learn to live with COVID and we have to manage it. Now, more immediately, Victorians are also anxiously awaiting uh, announcements on JobKeeper and JobSeeker. Those payments are due to be reduced later this month. The Premier says he'll be making those announcements soon, but the pressure is on for him to hurry that up because the federal government says until Daniel Andrews reveals those plans, they won't be offering any more support. Matt. Nathan Curry is at the Western Treatment Plant in Melbourne today. More sewage testing is going to be carried out across the state. Nat, up to 300 samples are going to be taken each week and if any traces of coronavirus are detected, it's then pretty hard to determine where they've exactly come from, but at least it will give authorities a pretty, a pretty clear snapshot of exactly how much coronavirus is still in the community. Just in the past week, some traces of coronavirus were detected in Apollo Bay, even though there's been no positive cases recorded in the coastal town. So Nat, it's why authorities are urging people to still get tested. Amber Laidler's in Sydney. Senior students will face a very different HSC period this year, Amber. Good morning, Nat. Yes, we've heard a number of changes will be taking place, but these are likely to bring some relief to senior students. Their final year of schooling has been filled with chaos and disruption, and at least now there's a little bit of clarity about exactly how they're getting to the finish line. Their HSC exams will kick off on October 20th. A maximum of 75 students will be allowed in each exam room. Masks will be optional. Only one supervisor will be allowed to collect all papers, and all rooms will be sanitised at the end of each exam. All exam papers will be scanned 
send an email to teachers so they can be marked from home. Principals will need to have backup venues ready to go in case a student does test positive and forces a shutdown. And all students will be screened before they enter every exam room. Temperature checks won't be mandatory, but if a student is sick, they will not be allowed in. These changes are designed to ensure that all students can sit their exams with minimal disruption. Meanwhile, a health alert has also been issued in Sydney's east. Anyone who attended the Eastern Suburbs Legions Club in Waverley uh, on Friday the 28th of August between 5 and 6.30pm must now get tested and immediately self-isolate until a negative result is returned. There is also an alert out for anyone who visited that club last Tuesday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Those people must now monitor for symptoms, Nat. Amanda Abate is at the state border on the Gold Coast. Uh, there's mounting anger and frustration after a family was told just one of their four children could visit their dying dad. Good morning, Nad. Yes, this is a very sad case. Brisbane father Mark Keynes has inoperable cancer. He's only been given a short time to live. He has four children, all under the age of 13. They are stuck in Sydney. Uh, they've applied for exemptions, of course, desperate to see their father to come into Queensland and say their goodbyes, but they have been told by Queensland Health just one child is able to enter Queensland to do that. So they are left in this awful situation to decide which of the four children can come. They desperately want to see him. I have no idea how you pick and choose which child goes. I mean, you can't. I mean, it's impossible, really. Well, this is the latest case being described as border insanity. Under the current rules of the Palaszczuk government, the children would have to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks. And in this case, they simply may not have that much time to say goodbye to their father, Nat. Amanda, I just can't believe that story. That's incredible. OK, thanks, everyone. The boss of the company charged with manufacturing a potential coronavirus vaccine in Australia has warned authorities should not bank on a vaccine. The CSL chair says it would be a mistake for governments to assume a vaccine was going to turn up and be successful. Yesterday, Oxford University and pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca suspended their phase three vaccine trials after a participant suffered a serious illness. An independent review is now underway to see whether that illness is directly related to that vaccine. And we are joined now by Dr Rob Grenfell, who's the health director of the CSIRO. Rob, good morning to you. Welcome. There was a great deal of hope resting on this particular vaccine. How significant is this setback? Look, uh, this is a phase three trial and this is a common occurrence in phase three trials uh, to have adverse events and the, the procedures that uh, Oxford are taking through are standard in this sort of setting. So you've got to think we've got 50,000 people and untoward events will occur and as yet we don't know whether this event was due to the vaccine or not. Okay, so and we, and we have to remember normal vaccines in the normal time take years to develop. So these are really under the pump, these ones. Um, so the reports this morning are that this trial could resume next week. Uh, do, do you expect that is what will happen? These researchers will keep going on this track? Well, again, I'm not uh, party to exactly what's happening right at this very moment with the trial, but what is, uh, what is certain is that many people have been uh, vaccinated with the vaccine and others with the placebo, so they will still be monitored anyway. What they will do is uh, an independent group comes in, cracks the codes, because these are blinded studies, will crack the codes and work out whether or not this is related to the vaccine and then make a report as to whether or not this is serious enough to actually change the direction of this study. Um, and again, I repeat, this 
actually happens in phase three trials for any of the drugs or vaccines that we currently use. Mm, okay. The CSL boss has come out this morning, uh, come out overnight, and said that we cannot bank, governments cannot bank on a vaccine. Uh, are scientists ever likely to find a vaccine? Do we have to prepare that we might not find one here and we may have to learn how to live as a human race with this virus and with the viruses that are, are coming in the future? So we have never developed a vaccine for coronavirus uh, for humans before. We do have some in the veterinarian sector that are actually very effective. So that's the first. We haven't done this. The most important thing that we uh, are, are um, looking at is that, uh, one, the vaccine is around about 170 in trial at the moment. And uh, I think there's been never been this sort of level of uh, cooperation with research. I'm hopeful that we will actually have a vaccine that will be uh, some degree of effective. Now, the other important thing to stress is we are going to be living with this virus from this point on, uh, just like we live with influenza and others, but we are also going to have to adapt the way we live in response to this particular virus. Okay, Dr. Rob Grenfell, thank you so much. We appreciate your insight. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right, he's cotty. Now, wastewater testing blitz in Victoria has revealed traces of COVID-19 at the coastal town of Apollo Bay, despite there being currently no active cases in the area. All residents have been urged to get tested if they show even the slightest symptoms. It's all part of a strategy using sewage testing to detect new coronavirus cases that might not have been picked up by contact tracers. Uh, joining us now, infectious diseases specialist Sanjaya Sananayaka. Uh, Sanjay, good to see you again. Um, what can we learn if we find traces of COVID-19 in sewage? Hi, Koshi. So sewage is a, is, is a great way to look for certain viruses and bacteria. We know that 93% of Australian households are con connected to sewage, so it's a good uh -huh. way to look at the population. We know that out of, those, out of 1,234 wastewater treatment plants, if we survey only 58 of them, we capture 56% of the population, so it's quite yeah. efficient as well. And we can even target smaller catchments of about 5,000. So we can target certain areas like aged care facilities, airports, hospitals and prisons. So it's good for that. Now, with regard to... COVID-19, we know that pre-symptomatic people, asymptomatic people and people with mild illnesses can excrete uh, COVID in their poo. So therefore, this is a good way to pick it up before people even get tested and diagnosed. And it's even been used in Italy 
and Spain to work out when COVID was circulating before they diagnosed their first case. Now, it, the test wasn't developed for sewage, so we have to be very careful about how mm. we interpret results, but it looks very promising. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, now, tell me, why is sewage testing better when there, were f when there are fewer cases in the area? Right. So the limitations with sewage testing costs, uh, Koshi, I guess, as follows. If we've got lots of COVID circulating in a city like Sydney or Melbourne, positive sewage tests don't tell us too much more. Similarly, people will keep excreting COVID, uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus for many weeks after they're no longer infectious. So if you're coming out of an outbreak, a positive sewage result may not be that helpful as well. But where it is really useful is if you've had a series of negative results in an area and it suddenly becomes positive, because that can alert public health authorities to enhance surveillance, get messaging out and encourage people to get testing. Wow, that's fantastic, isn't it? Now, we've been apparently been doing this since the 1940s and obviously it's pretty effective if, we, if we're keeping on it. Yeah, look, uh, 19th century cholera outbreaks uh, by John Snow, the Broad Street pump, uh, he used ah. that technology there to uh, look for it. Uh, norovirus, hepatitis A, polio. In, 19, in 2013, Israel identified a polio outbreak when there weren't any diagnosed cases by using a surveillance system of their sewage, which had been put in place in 1989. So it's a great system. Yeah. Sanjay, you've opened our eyes. Thank you for that. Thanks a lot, Koshi. Please help. A lot in your poo there, Sam. Well, oh, thank you, Koshi, for putting it... I was going to say fascinating and yet disgusting, and then you no. um, put it so plainly. Thank you. Now to a story of hope during the COVID crisis. Three generations of one Melbourne family have all contracted coronavirus and survived. It includes elderly grandparents who say being allowed to stay in the same hospital room helped them get through the health emergency. And Sunrise correspondent Nathan Templeton met the family. Nathan, this is a beautiful story. It really is, Sam and Koshi. They're a very tough bunch and they wanted to tell us their story to thank the team at the Austin Hospital but also to give people some hope. It is a miracle. Like, I think about it and I really consider it a miracle. Only weeks ago, Franca Torcaso feared she'd never get to enjoy another cuppa with her mum and dad. Mum was diagnosed as positive, so we all got tested and then on the 31st of July, myself, my dad and my um, daughter um, Emma, we were all positive. It's been really hectic and very stressful. Franca was the least affected, while 25-year-old Emma slowly improved after treatment at the Austin Hospital. But the family had grave concerns when Dominic and Katerina were admitted to the COVID ward. They had a lot of other underlying issues and, um, you know, the chances of them pulling through were, um, you know, not great. When you were both at your worst, how unwell did you feel? One night I was really bad and the doctor was there, the nurse, you know. I said, I can't handle it anymore. I started to cry, I tell the truth, because I was so sick. And the doctor came and gave me a big cut, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, don't cry, well, you'll be all right, you'll be all right. It's a horrible thought, but did you fear the worst? I was told by um, the the emergency um, doctors that you know if they were to go in the ICU that then... 
But Katerina and Dominic rallied and a key part of their recovery was being placed in the same room. It was a unique situation that they could be together and that it was especially beneficial to the health to have them be there as a couple and sit beside each other and care for each other like that. That was particularly special. Eventually, Dominic was released two days before Katerina, but she was well enough to issue some firm instructions. And don't make it by me, be strong, because you're a bit of silk. Don't be a silk, yeah. don't be a baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> She's always a bit bossy. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we laugh. Because <laughs> he's like that, you know. It's a bit when he's sick, it's that to be to be there. Dominic might not get too many words in at home, but he did want to send a special message to all the staff on Ward 7 West at the Austin. Thank you very much. Yeah. On the front line there, they work so hard. Some people don't recover and some people die. So it's been really hard for nursing staff having to see that and be so powerless. It's heartwarming and reassuring to see people recover and be able to go home. Other people that may be going through this, there is there can be light at the end of the tunnel yeah. and um, just to stay positive. Yeah, they're a beautiful family and I'm happy to report they're all doing really well. Dominic hasn't quite been able to tend to his lemon tree just yet, but he is uh, on the mend uh, and it feels bloody good to do an uplifting story. I'm yeah, say gorgeous well. story. I'm so glad you did that Fabulous. story because there's so many people who don't yeah. have family around them when they're in hospital right now because of COVID. So well done. It's a lonely yeah, it time fabulous. at the moment.